Shalom, and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness, a trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time here on earth is short and that we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war we're standing in the middle of. Today, we're going to talk with our friend, Pastor Gary Durham, and Brian and Grant again about current events and what the Bible says about them and how we should be reacting to the world around us. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you. Good to be here again. Yeah, thank you, J.D., for having us. So today, I would like to start with the prayer. I know that we don't uh, do this every time. We always pray before the show starts, but Mm. today I think it's important for us to pray together with you, the listener, because there's some very important things happening in our world. Mm -hmm. And I believe, as we all do, that when we pray together, we get to add the power of our prayers together. Mm -hmm. And, And those prayers will reach up to heaven and God will hear us. So if you would, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, in these dark and uncertain times, we need you desperately. The powers and principalities have besieged us on all sides. Our world has become corrupt and filled with lies and fear. Infirmity has struck the world, Father. And Lord, we ask that you be with the sick and the infected. God, we ask that you heal and help to sustain the bodies and spirits of those that have been affected by this disease and contain the spread of infection throughout the world. For our local, state, and federal governments, God, please help our elected officials. For those that serve you, please encourage and embolden them. For those that do not serve you, I ask that you touch their hearts, that you put that one person that will have influence on them and lead them to you in their life. Mm -hmm. For the media, Father, I ask that you help them to communicate the truth, remove the lies and misinformation, place upon them an uncontrollable desire to be honest. Mm -hmm. For our consumers of media in all forms, Father, Help us to find the truth. Keep us from fear, anxiety, and panic, and enable us to stand upon your truth. And as much as we all need you, Father, at this time I ask that you be with the state of Mississippi and the other 20 states that have joined to argue before the Supreme Court, beginning on this very day of this broadcast, of December 1st, 2021, to overturn Roe versus Wade. Mm-hmm. Father, if it be your will, help us to end this national nightmare of abortion. Lord, please help us to stop the legalized murder of the unborn babies. Help us to put an end to this terrible sin. And please, Father, be with the justices and give them the courage to overturn this law and to save the children of our future. Thank you, Father, for what you're about to do. Please bless all those that will hear this message and bless us to do your work in this podcast. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, as uh, we say each week now, there's never-ending, a never-ending source of things to talk about that is going on in our world and that are just sometimes seem off the rails crazy. Um it's like someone started uh, rolling up a little snowball on the ground to build a snowman, and now it's like a huge boulder that's just rolling down a hill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? So we're recording this just uh, the first of the week here, and then these podcasts get posted on Wednesday. But 
you know, over the weekend we had this Omicron variant of the virus <laughs> mm -hmm. become a thing of the world. and According to some. Well, I was going there. So, again, we see this um, phenomena of differing opinions and differing information all over the world plastered out there. So the the WHO, the CDC, uh, European governments uh, are all talking about how dangerous this is. It's coming out of Africa and and it's, you know, the worst worst one yet, right? The most contagious and most most violent and terrible version of this virus that we've all been dealing with for 2 years now. And if you talk to people in Africa, there are many doctors, doctors. are saying doctors are saying mm. it's just a cold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're saying mm. it's not that bad. But one of the things I think we should uh, acknowledge here is that Africa happens to be the a whole entire continent that uh, has the least amount of COVID cases in total, right? mm -hmm. the least amount of deaths from COVID, less than two thousand, mm -hmm. and it is by far, by a very long, um, far amount, the least vaccinated because they don't have the money to purchase the right. vaccinations. O over eighty percent of the population unvaccinated, yeah. and it is doing the best in the world in terms of numbers. Yeah, but and they, yet the deadliest variant is now coming out of Africa. Yes. <laughs> so Joe Biden's like, let's lock down these. Uh, let's lock this down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he he come out and he wants he's promoting vaccines over lockdowns. Yeah. Oh, him and Fauci said, make sure you get vaccinated because of the Omicron variant. But we don't even have a vaccine against it. Well, <laughs> none of the vaccines are actually for any of the variants, they're mRNA vaccines. Right. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, I only call it a vaccine because the CDC redefined what vaccine actually means. It used to mean that it caused immunization. Now it just means it treats symptoms. Mm -hmm. Isn't that convenient? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course, they the, had to do. of course, the scary thing, which we've talked about before, is that uh, no one is talking about the fact that uh, the long term consequences are that this is a experimental mm -hmm. uh, biological agent going into people's body. Mm -hmm. uh, the mRNA we now know is a read-write program in the in the cell. And therefore, some with some people, this is going to get written into their DNA. If they're young and they have children, they're going to pass this on to their children. Mm -hmm. We have no clue what the side effects and long-term consequences could be for that kind of DNA in second, third, and fourth generations, no. uh, we may have opened Pandora's box and, and have no clue because we're playing God. Mm -hmm. Right. I read how one doctor described um, how the mRNA or how the RNA would work if it actually is converted into DNA. Mm -hmm. um, the person who gets the um, mRNA treatment, if it converts into DNA, it becomes a part of them. And then they effectively have uh, something that will battle, you know, the the viruses if they come in. However, because it is becomes a part of their DNA when they reproduce, when they have children, mm -hmm. that becomes a natural part of the DNA. Mm -hmm. And so then when those children get infected, the body thinks that that foreign agent belongs there mm -hmm. and then they get an autoimmune disease yep mm -hmm. yeah and, and that's really scary because we already have enough autoimmune going on that's and you know i talk with hundreds of people that are just you know suffering from autoimmune diseases which we know there's a lot of other reasons that are right. causing that but now 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 here's another possible 
way that we're going to uh, cause this kind of thing to increase. That's, oh, that's immune against the common cold. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's not yeah. good. Wow. But, you know, there's a lot of things that we're not talking about as a society either. We've had over 108 athletes that are members of FIFA drop dead yep. that were vaccinated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've had high school that, athletes. And, yeah, we're having news anchors on air fall down dead. I saw a video where a priest was preaching on Sunday, and he just f- fell down dead. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and what's unfortunate is that our news media is not acting like a news media anymore. They, If it doesn't fit their ideology or their talking points, they cover that up. Mm-hmm. But American people ha- have a right to know the truth. If these things have these kind of side effects and they're affecting people, then this people's lives are at stake. Oh, and yeah. uh you know, yes, some yeah, people a, some people have no trouble at all, but that's not the issue. Uh, when something is has the potential of even affecting ten percent of the people that negatively and that lethally, uh, you know, we would normally say this isn't something that should not be enforced. Or right. even and one the of the market. things I think that we need to be doing as a society, as as people, is demanding honesty. Yeah. And and one of the things that we need to be talking about is. The idea that the pharmaceutical company wants 55 years before they're going to release yeah. the studies. Come <laughs> on. I mean, absolutely. That's the timeline of classified documentation. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, can nobody see the, the ridiculousness of that? And when you make a request like that, you immediately become suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, what I, of course my, my reaction is, 55 years to release the documentation? Well, it's 55 years before I consider taking your product because you You haven't told me anything that gives me any assurance. And this is the first time in history that they haven't done that. Yeah. I mean, you you do not have the right to know what it is in what you're being injected with. Yeah. That's never happened in our nation. And it doesn't happen in the world. That's Mm -hmm. why they won't be injecting me with anything. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't want to this is good, but I don't want, don't want to turn it. But, you know, we were talking before the broadcast a little bit about the fact that we are with this whole thing. Mankind is playing God. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, one of the things we were talking about uh, was that I, I told you I, I've constantly asked the question about uh, one of the things in Revelation uh, chapter six, where the the uh, the fourth dark horse comes out it's a pale horse excuse me the pale horse mm-hmm. which really in the greek is a is a word for for green it's the color of death it's the mm. green, some some translate it the green horse mm. but it's the it's, it's the horse of death and revelations talks about how it was given power to take uh power over a court of the earth to kill by sword by famine and plague and then it says by the wild beasts of the earth and i've had you know a lot of people ask me through the years uh, you know, does that mean that we're going to have a plague of, you know, like vicious animals? Like, you know, is there going to be, you know, wolves Shark, and bears? Sharknado is going to be real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. we, we have a roadmap on how to survive that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> but, you know, people were very concerned. You know, what does this mean? And, and of course, I've had to point out to people, you know, the number one beast you need to be concerned about is beast you can't see, mm-hmm. bacteria and viruses. And they outweigh all other microorganisms and all living other all biological organisms on the, on, the, on the planet. The microorganisms of viruses and bacteria, if you were to put them on one side of the scale and put every animal and human 
and and uh, living organism on the other side, mm. they would outweigh us ten to one. It's unbelievable. Wow. So that's but so many of those are ba- are beneficial. Mm-hmm. We without bacteria, we couldn't live. Literally, thousands of them on our yeah, skin we, and our be stomachs dead. and yeah, and some all and, throughout our body. And some of the diseases we are now experiencing are because we have exterminated some of those bacteria from our soils, mm-hmm. from our own uh, GI tracts, and we're not able to. Uh, break down certain proteins and things that we used to be able to handle fine. We can't do that. And a lot of that's the result of what's been going on with our soil, with the pesticides, with all Mm -hmm. these kinds of things. And now we're toying around with viruses, with their DNA and giving them, you know, all this (laughs) gain of function. Yeah. Uh, we're opening Pandora's box. We have no clue what's going to come out of this because we yeah. know that once they have gain of function, they're going to mutate. And could it be, and I'm just asking the question, mm. could it be that the wild beast of the earth that dest- helped destroy one quarter of the earth's population is literally what we're seeing coming out of the box right now? Man, no well, doubt. I think that's definite possibility. I think that anytime that we adventure into an area where we believe that we're experts in, but we're really just not knowledgeable. Yeah. We're asking, we're taking a great risk and we're asking for things to happen that we can't control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we think we're so knowledgeable. I was, I told you guys earlier that I was talking with my friend, Dr. Charles Honor and uh, a wonderful, wonderful doctor. And we were just talking about, you know, medical things and uh, uh, today, and he, he mentioned, he said, you know, there's about 40,000 viruses we have identified. But he says the, the the probably the most conservative estimates by scientists is that there's over four hundred thousand mm. viruses in in the world, mm-hmm. and some believe there's many more than that. In other words, we're pretty much ignorant yeah. about all of this, much. Uh, about right. what's going on in the world at that level, mm-hmm. and yet we start playing around with this stuff as if we you know we're God and we can somehow to do this. And once you reject creation and God, then you start a man becomes uh, gets this idea that he can just do what he wants, and we're going to control our own evolution and so on. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to have is a whole lot of unintended consequences. Well, oh, and, yeah. and as you're talking about this, I'm remembering a previous show that you and I did together, and, and we talked about the Nephilim a little bit. Yes. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of this type of thing going on back when they roamed the earth yes. in Noah's day. Yes. Well, they were experimenting with animals and all these other things. Yes. And the last time mankind met, and well, the Nephilim and the and the the Elohim that were were doing this, the last time things were messed with the the genetic pool, God wiped everything out and started over. Right. Yeah. And just yeah, and just saved up. Uh, when it says that Noah was the pure was pure in his generations, it doesn't mean that he was just a good man. He was actually someone who had pure genetic lineage and he was right. his, he was not corrupted that's mm-hmm. why god saved him to start over with he and his family were not of the mixed uh, nephilim blood and the end of uh, the corruption because they were trying to destroy the, you know the possibility of christ coming into the world but the it, it's interesting some of the old testament researchers and ancient archaeological researchers of that of that era who actually believe in the supernatural characteristics and what happened there and that's described mm-hmm. in Genesis 6, and also it's described in many of the ancient documents of, of that uh, period in that area of the world, the Mesopotamian area, are saying that, you know, it seems that the fallen Elohim who rebelled against God were not only doing this with humans, they did it primarily with humans, 
but they also were doing some of this with animals, mm -hmm. trying to create some kind of powerful hybrids for just slaughtering and killing. Right. And uh, if so, uh, you know, we're seeing something similar to, with that in the, right. what we're doing now, because we're mixing all kinds of things into DNA. And Well, and, you know. and that was kind of the purpose of, of my statement is we had talked about, you know, in the end that they will return in what their spirit will return. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, can some of this be directed by these spirits behind the scenes that have done these types of things before? And now we're going back down that very similar road that they went in Daniel's time, or I'm sorry, Noah's time. Yeah. Well, some, some would say, I, I don't know, you know, I think the leading scholar in this area is probably Dr. Michael Heiser. And I'm not sure he would say that a lot of those uh, Elohim who did this have been imprisoned and not allowed to now okay. have that much influence on the earth. But I don't, I don't know that there's proof that they all have been. But we do know, according to Jewish tradition, if we take Second Temple Judaism seriously, and Jesus seemed to confirm a lot of what Second Temple Judaism taught about the spirit world, uh, which uh, was, of course, the era in which Jesus came, uh, they believed that the demons are unclean spirits, as they called them more. They didn't use Damion too much to refer to him, although that is used occasionally. But mostly unclean spirits or evil spirits were actually the spirits of the Nephilim that had died, and therefore their spirits became the demonic spirits that roamed the earth mm -hmm. because they were earthly and of earth, mm, and okay. therefore they were not allowed to be in the heavenly realms. And so the demons, of course, seek to re-embody themselves because they were once embodied in fleshed spirits. Mm -hmm. And that's why they possess people and so on. But wouldn't it be interesting if those uh, children, so to speak, of these uh, rebellious Elohim who tried to pollute mankind and the earth, uh, if they're trying to bring back using mankind to do the very same thing Right. that their, quote, mm. parents did, mm -hmm, our fathers mm -hmm. did before. Don't know if that's happening, but the Bible does say, as it was in the days of Noah, what shall be in the coming it's of the man. It's definitely worth pondering, mm -hmm. though, right? Yeah, it mm -hmm. is pondering. Um, and I find it interesting because there's reports uh, that are there are a couple countries out there that are doing human and swine, trying to combine them to create a hybrid. Yeah. I mean, and I find it interesting that they're using pigs just because of the... Jesus casting the demons into the pigs. Mm. And I'm going, so we're going to just go back to create. Is that how they're going to bring physically bring a Nephilim back? Is to create this human pig? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all it's a yeah. thought, but well, bacon, it's, it's just bacon. scary though that they're trying to combine <laughs> DNA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why are we doing these type of experiments? Well, because I mean, because on. we bought into evolution. Our hubris is insane. We bought into evolutionary concept that man is just another animal. And we all came from the same gene pool, so therefore we should be able to remix it and rematch it and, and control our own evolution, and maybe we can, you know, evolve ourselves into gods. That's scientism, not science. Right. The scientism claiming that we can ba basically become gods and superhumans by controlling our own evolution. Well, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know about you, but I think that this—I think science right now is a religion because if you look at how common people are defending— Science when they really don't understand what they're defending, yeah, and, and they're doing it in a, um, like, it's just venomous the way they yeah. they talk. Yeah, well, well, not I, just common people. 
Yeah, and what I would... Yeah, but I mean, it goes that down to the common people. Right. And you have propagandists, right? You have all of the media that are propagandists for this science, but guess what? They don't have a clue what they're talking about either. Well, when you have someone like Dr. Fauci, who is supposed to know what he's talking about and who claims that he is on the side of science and anybody who disagrees with science (laughs) is... You know, what he said just recently about Ted Cruz, um, oh the backlash he got from that was, was awesome because you yeah. had a lot of people standing up against him. Yeah, and scientists standing up against him. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so. But he's a he's a prominent scientific figure using science as a religion, basically, mm-hmm. and we some, in, his, in his verbiage. Yeah, and we sometimes forget that scientists are humans, too. They can be bought off by power. They can be bought yep. off by money. They oh, can be yeah. bought off by prestige. And, and many scientists are good and wonderful people and are very committed to the science. There are others who will follow a uh, ideology because that's where you get your grants. That's where you get your yep. support and mm-hmm. all that. But in response to what you were saying, J.D., I think it's important to make a distinction between hard, hard science and scientism and what is properly called science even in the medical community, mm-hmm. there is scientism instead of hard science. And I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I read a lot of scientific stuff, and uh, it's interesting that in the realm, for, just take, for example, the realm of evolution. Mm-hmm. Right now, there are numerous books coming out, not by Christians and theists alone, even by atheists that are hard scientists that are saying, for example, evolution is dead. Darwinian evolution is dead. We need another solution. Now, the atheists don't want to let God in the door, mm-hmm. so they're looking for something else. Right, they're saying right. there's got to be something else. Aliens. You know, yeah, they're looking <laughs> well, for... Yeah, pan, so ben, they're pushing that one every yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, pan, or whatever. But, you know, they're trying to... But that doesn't solve anything. That just pushes it further back. Who created them, you know? So, Why but, don't ask that question? Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. back in line. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that the hard science is starting to kill a lot of these mythologies. Now, mm-hmm. it does uh, living organisms have the ability to adapt, and do they? Absolutely. And is there microevolution? Of course, mm-hmm. we, we validated that. But macroevolution has never been observed, mm-hmm. and it has never happened. There are boundaries, and this is one of the things that's happened. Now that we understand DNA, now that we understand how the molecular functions of the cell work to use DNA to create life. We now know those boundaries are there and they cannot be crossed. And uh, so we are not, you know, you're not going to see a dog turn into a chicken and so on and no. so forth. Yeah. It just, well, even well, Darwin it, said on his deathbed that if the cell turns out to be complex, complex yeah. and their idea of complex at the time was yeah. it was just an organization structure, <laughs> right? you know, uh, then he said, then all my everything that I've... My theory is dead. Yeah, yeah, he said it's, dead. it's all dead. And it turns out to be one of the most complicated systems <laughs> you could ever even imagine. We're still right. trying to understand it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. billions and billions of little uh, biological machines organized into factories, organized into uh, replication and editing systems. I mean, the the more you look at it, the more and the more we understand it. We used to think there was even junk DNA. We now know there is no junk DNA. That that DNA serves incredible purposes of telling. The rest of, you know, like if you know how to, for example, how to program a a protein from the DNA, but the rest of the DNA tells you how to take those proteins and form a certain part of the body and then how to Mm -hmm. put all the pieces of the body together. And so now we've discovered that what we thought was junk DNA is some of the most important parts of the DNA because Mm -hmm. it tells 
how to the take organizer. those proteins and, and organize right, everything right, into right, something that's living. Right. Yep. You know? Well, and, and I think science is like everything else in our society right now. There are clearly two camps now. Yes. Right? We have doctors that are on both sides of the fence of the pandemic, right? And of all course. this stuff that surrounds it. And and just science in general on, on evolution. And we have scientists, I know scientists personally that that do not believe in evolution, never have. Yeah. And and, and well, there are a lot of people out there that have a solid working scientific background that are also believers. Yeah. And but that doesn't preclude you from being a scientist by any means. No, not. and some of their science is actually the best. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> and it, it, because it's based upon reason and logic. It's right. not based upon with I have proper, to disprove something with right. the proper bi- biblical context to in which to have a foundation for. Which is well, where science was birthed. It was right. birthed among Christian intellectuals. You know, your Newtons, your you know, your all, Galileo, yeah, you know, Galileo. You know, all all of these uh, guys were strong uh, theists are Christians. Most of them were Christians. And they believed that the world was designed by a creator and therefore could be understood because our minds were designed to be able to reason and to understand it. Therefore, they went looking to understand the universe. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that, you know, Dr. Lennox at, at Oxford, who uh, uh, John Lennox, who is one of the leading thinkers in our world, uh, you know, a polymath and also extremely educated in science and, and has educated himself much in the microbiology and all those things. He's written some amazing books. But, you know, he, he pointed out, he said, we used to, people used to be asking, well, can Christianity survive the onslaught of evolution? He said, now we're asking, can evolution survive the onslaught of science <laughs> yeah. and and Christianity? Because the science is now validating the Christian worldview, not mm-hmm. the secular chance-oriented worldview, it's completely refuting it. Now, mm-hmm. now you won't hear that in the media because they're, they're still pushing the old mythology, mm-hmm. you know, right. And, right. And, it, and that's what it is. It is a kind of mythology. Hard uh, science knows that evolution is very limited to microevolution. Yeah. And that's what we would expect from a God who... Uh, would who created us to reason and mm-hmm. has shown by nat- mm-hmm. the natural world all the evidence that we would need to prove his existence. Yeah, exactly. You know, we would expect that science would err on the side of what God created yeah. because <laughs> it is his creation. Well, yeah. and, and like you said, in, in cases of evolution that we've witnessed, and we've witnessed things evolve in our time as on this earth as humans. Yeah. Those things that evolve yeah. do mm-hmm. not leave anything behind. Right. So when the generations of that item that didn't evolve, when they pass, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, the like they continually have argued over the years that you know man evolved from apes. If that was true, there would be no apes. <laughs> well, the best explanation is what I've heard you talk about, Gary, when you were talking about uh, the guy you met in in uh, the Grand Canyon area, the scientist who, yes, who uh, was talking about the fossil record, mm. how how different species just appear in the fossil record. Right. There's no like, yeah, there's no explosion, yes. mm-hmm. you know, gradient of like how they got there. It's just yeah. that they just appeared yeah. because as if they were created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, well, and the interesting thing is, is that most people don't <laughs> think about this, but I've, I've even read some of the atheist scientists now talking about the fossil record and mentioning this, 
uh, and they talk about, you know, we kept saying, well, we'll fill in the, you know, the gaps for the missing links. Eventually we'll find them. Well, they found none. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. there, there are none. And, uh, and, they, and everyone they've thought they found have turned out, has turned out to be invalidated. But the interesting thing is that when you stop and think about it, is that if indeed you had, you know, 50 million years for something to evolve from type A animal to type B animal, then what should fill the fossil record dominantly mm -hmm. would be the transitional forms. Mm -hmm. Of course, there would be millions and millions and millions of them over those 50 million years just to get that one small transition. Exactly. And, so, and so eventually you'd have a hard time finding, you know, what we now consider to be the, you know, the more static forms because they would just be buried in all the transitional forms right. yes. if indeed evolution had happened. Mm -hmm. But because they're not there, it didn't happen, mm -hmm. obviously. Right. Right. So the fossil record says no, <laughs> <laughs> like Dr. Morris said years ago. <laughs> so I, all Morrison. of this points us to the fact that we have a rich history of, of understanding and accepting solid scientific experimentation, research, and mm -hmm. data. And one of the things that we we should all be able to agree upon, we've not received any of that over the last two years. Not very much of it. Yeah. And, and what we have received has been called into great question on between scientists and doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see doctors that have been in this field for 20, 30 years walking away because they can't participate in what's going on. Right. Because they're that, they know it's that wrong. Well, I, I've even heard some say that what scares them so desperately, and, and this is not just doctors, but also other scientists and researchers, is that we have contaminated the scientific method. Oh, yeah. The inductive method of science, it's not a deductive method. It's primarily an inductive method. But the inductive method, and it's, and of course, if you're talking about the past, then you're talking about something that is abductive, which right. means that's kind of like... Uh, think of Sherlock Holmes, you know, you, mm -hmm. you you come after the fact and you try to pick up all the, clue, all the clues, clues and put it all together. You right. know, that's that's abduction. And uh, but the point is, is that we've destroyed both abduction and inductive method, which is what science is based on. Because we no longer follow the facts. Yeah, we don't. You know, we don't let the evidence determine what theories survive. We decided that we want certain theories based on our ideology, and, and then and then we throw the evidence out if it doesn't fit. Yeah, right. you know? yep. <laughs> and that's called religion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're it absolutely is. right. It You're is. right. You're right, Grant. That's what, that's what it's called. <laughs> and, and that's the part that I wish people would come to realize that this is what's being pushed on people. Mm -hmm. That, you know, if we if you're not allowed to question science, it's not science. Yeah. In fact, that, in fact, that's the great thing in science. We always question. We try to falsify everything. Yeah. And something is only proven if you can't falsify right. it. Exactly. exactly right. <laughs> and if it, if it can't stand up to that, then you have to throw it out. Yeah. But, but and, we're not allowed to do, even ask the question anymore. Right. Because, no, you, you stop. Yeah. Get back in line. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. totalitarian <laughs> How uh, dare you? overview. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're going to have to shut his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> He's just talking about this too much. He's not allowed. Oh, wait. That's how it works, though, right? <laughs> that's it. You, you don't it. ask that question. Yeah. <laughs> and, and especially here in, in our culture, that is extremely offensive, isn't it? Yes. We all we, I'll question everything. Yes. Well, it's isn't it interesting that uh, those who are willing to question everything that has stood for centuries as understood, you know, like morality and 
and gender and all these things. They're questioning all of that and throwing it all out the door. Yeah. But we're not allowed to question people who come up with crazy scientific conclusions that don't have any evidence to support them. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, but they can question everything else that has had centuries of validation. And it makes no sense to me. So for this particular disease, we've created a whole new way of of doing science, a whole new way of of talking. We've redefined terms. We have created a system that supports the outcome that is desired by some. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. this is not just in this area of uh, molecular biology and in medicine that we're seeing this. For example, uh, what, whatever you think about the, the global warming thing, and now it's called climate change because there's <laughs> been there's been no warming for over 15 years. But the, but the point is, yes, you know, the number of uh, the number of icebergs that existed when Al Gore was born is exactly the same as today. Yes. But we need to get rid of those <laughs> yeah. UVs. Yeah. It but, may but, not but, be but, exactly but, the same. <laughs> I think it went up. In yeah, the two it years. went up actually. When he said it, the two years it was going to disappear. It actually increased. Yeah, they actually <laughs> increased, and the 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 ice mask. Uh, mass actually increased too. But it's interesting that, uh, you know, what they're doing is they're playing with their little, what I call video games in the computer and and saying, but, you know, they say that there's global, the computer says global warming is happening. What they're doing is they're entering in all of the biased assumptions they Mm -hmm. want. And and you put down those presuppositions. Of course, that's what the computer has to work with. And then the computer will give you the data you want. And that's not science. And that's not science. Because, you know, you go out here and look at what's really happening in the real world. It's not matching what's in their little video game. Mm -hmm. And uh, one scientist, in fact, who is just fed up with it he's because he's such a hard scientist and he said he said i used to be able to go to the satellites to get my temperatures on the earth and on the ocean Mm -hmm. he said they weren't telling them what they wanted to to hear because the satellites were saying no nothing's warming up in fact Mm -hmm. we're even seeing some cooling some places yeah we're going into a grand minimum yeah cooling yeah and so what they did is they recalibrated all of the satellites Mm -hmm. And, and adjust it so that it would show warming. Yes. And he says, now I can't go to the satellites to get genuine figures. He says, I got to go and do the hard science and look mm-hmm. at all of the uh, sensors we have mm-hmm. all over the oceans and everything. And then, you know, calculate with my, yep. com- you know, my computer, all this stuff and come up with the real numbers because they've yep. got the satellites all corrupted to say what it's, they want it to it's say. It's the same thing with earthquakes. You know, every time you have a, you know, a 4.8 or a 5.0, they downgrade them, you yep. know, because they don't want to show the severity of what's really going on there yeah you know, or whatever it, vice versa right yeah, they, yeah. well it's, it's kind of like don't don't stampede the change people, the numbers you know? yeah. Uh-huh. yeah don't stampede the people and i think this kind of goes to what we talked about here previously is because we're seeing such a big division between truth and lie mm-hmm. in this world we have got to get to a system where we have our own set of people that does this Right. So if we exactly. can't trust your science anymore, we're going to have our own science. Mm-hmm. We're going to have scientists that aren't going to fake. We're not going to lie. We're going to tell the true temperature. Right. We're going to f- go down a path that says, if you want the truth, these are the people that will provide the truth. If you want the narrative, then you go over here and listen to propaganda. Mm-hmm. We are going to create and firm up a culture and then strengthen that culture and let it grow into something of truth. And the question I would throw into the middle of this discussion, which I I love what you're saying, but let me say this, do we Christians have the courage 
to actually do it because we should do it. That's the key question. That's the key question. This kind of like segues a little bit into um, a question I've been wanting to ask um, based on like a, a spirit I've been feeling, you know, of late. And that's that like I'm just fed up with with all the propaganda of political correctness and what mm-hmm. you what you're supposed to say and all this and I'm just like totally against all of it. Mm-hmm. And and I look at that and I want to be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. But I have a question and since you're my pastor. Now wait, is it fair to bring him and to put him in the hot well, seat? <laughs> I, I, well, here's the just thing. Call him if, doctor. if I'm wrong about this, I want to correct I want to correct teasing. myself. But am I of a righteous anger in this culture, like Jesus overturning tables in the temple, saying, this is not right. This is not how it's been designed. This is not how it's supposed to be. We need to stop this now. I'm with you. Because yeah. that's what I, I feel. I hope you're right I feel, because I'm with you. I feel an anger about it. Well, it, we have to make sure the anger is directed at what the injustices are, not at the people themselves, because those people were supposed right. to be praying for their souls. Yes, we mm-hmm. can be angry with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We can be angry with the lies that are being propagand- propagated. And yes, some of those people are evil and wicked, not all of them. Some of them are just deluded. Some of them are just sucked into what's going on. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that we have to remember their eternal souls for whom Christ died. Right. And so our anger is not with people per se, yeah. even though some of those people so identify with that, that God ultimately will pour his wrath out well, on them. My but, anger is at the culture. Yes. Yeah. And what Jesus did in the temple was correct a culture. Yeah, and so, and what I would say to you, Grant, there is, is that, and this is the question for all of us, how do we express that anger without it being misunderstood? Mm-hmm. That, I really that, try to rein myself back yeah. because I don't <laughs> want to appear to be another person. Yeah, that's unloving. And yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. And and yet we still have to take a stand. And and the truth is, you can be the most loving, kind, soft-spoken person in the world. But if you take a stand for truth in this culture, they will label you a bigot and they will label you a which hater. Which is fine so with me. Yeah, which is so fine with me. And I'm fi- I'm perfectly fine calling things for what they are. Right. I have no problem. I'm not. I'm not going to shirk back because somebody calls me something because it's not true, and I know it's not true. Yeah. You know that doesn't bother me. It. I know it bothers some, and we right. see that happen, like with mm-hmm. what happened mm-hmm. with the Salvation Army uh, oh, just recently. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, you How know. Sad I mean, is that? that was. How sad. That was a travesty to me because of how the Salvation Army was was founded and the foundation was given. I mean, it was an amazing organization for so long. And now... It's hard not to take that stuff personal. I don't think that we should be giving to them. I agree with you. It's it's a sad, sad thing. It broke my heart to hear that. It did. Yeah. And the Salvation Army was founded in deep, deep uh, Judeo-Christian... Uh, you know, moral ethics and and value of human life and why people were important and helping people and and communicating the love of God. Uh, you know, they were they basically came out of actually uh, the evangelical wholeness movement. You know, right. and uh, uh, and it's amazing to see what's happened to them happen. That's just yeah, and, shocking. And I I wonder if this is an and I I. I try to look at everything biblically. Is this an example of people's love going cold? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. here, here we have, here we have a, a people that I have trusted as a Christian organization my entire life, mm-hmm. and now they've fallen for this racist, race baiting, 
critical race theory yeah. stuff. And they tried to walk it back, you know, trying to like explain it away a little bit. But the like the fact that they allowed that material into their corporation setting, mm-hmm. it, to me, shows that they either didn't do their dil- due diligence or they knew what it was. And then when they hit backlash, they're like, oh, uh, we didn't know what it was. Because yeah. yeah. they've removed that material now yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for further review. <laughs> but like you would think that they would have known what it was before they told all their people, hey, read this. Well, they should have known because you know there's no excuse and and all of this is based upon cultural marxism which has been which has been taught Uh in our universities for the last 50 some years Uh and, and and longer actually but the point is it's cultural marxism has one goal it moved from uh, e- you know, uh, economic Marxism to cultural Marxism is you is you conquer the culture, you conquer uh-huh. the people by dividing and conquering. Right. And so you need to keep creating more and more Division. uh, divisions and more and more uh, people who are victims. Uh-huh. And you got to come up with more and more oppressors. Uh-huh. And that the more you divide it and the more angry everybody is with everybody, the more you can control because you control out of chaos. Uh-huh. And of course, that was Valensky and his whole concept. And and they and all of this, uh, you know, they moved it to a cultural form of Marxism, not mm-hmm. an economic. Now, what follows on the heels of it is economic Marxism, right? You know, which has failed all over the world. Well, we're seeing mm-hmm. it so fail it, here already. Yeah, it's failing here you, right you now. So, you know, forty forty percent of the money that is in circulation for America has been printed in the last eighteen months. Yeah, forty yeah. percent. Well, of all of our money, and that's scary last because that's yep. scary because we've got some kind of <clears throat> silly idea that this is just go on forever, and it won't. Because we we know from history what happened back in Germany country. back yeah. in 1936. They're using it to burn, you know, for uh, firewood. Just yeah. look in <laughs> Venezuela. That's all the farther well, yeah, back. Venezuela. Venezuela. Yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, Venezuela. Tell you the same years thing. Ago. Yep. Yeah, in, in Germany, Nazi Germany, they were at the end. They were using wheelbarrows to you know Full. take take in enough. Uh, you know, the paper money to be able to buy a loaf of bread, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> it's no, crazy. It's, it's a sad thing. And you're right. There are so many things that are working on tearing down cultures and cultural norms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw a couple of things today that I just could not believe I was witnessing. Um, there's a, <clears throat> I can't think of her name right now, but pretty famous uh, lady that is uh influencer, social media personality, uh, and fitness person. And she was just celebrating that she got engaged to her girlfriend. And, and I, I looked at that just from the standpoint of how many people responded. Right. Mm -hmm. And there were tens of thousands of people that were celebrating with her. And I'm thinking about how in just my lifetime, how much our society has been changed by these things to look at something that, we would not have ever celebrated that in, you know, 1984. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not that far back. Mm-hmm. But today, tens of thousands of people are just celebrating with this person. I'm going, I don't understand how we got here. Well, it's it, because we don't have an identity of our own anymore, and we feel like that that's how we get the approval of the culture. Mm-hmm. But the culture has told us, unless you agree with us, we can we don't approve of you. And there's this person that was an actress, and she's had gender modification surgery and she posed today on on her instagram or something mm-hmm. topless as a male <laughs> and hundreds of thousands of people celebrated this oh my word i'm going here you're 
celebrating or promoting somebody who has a psychological problem because they yeah. don't under they don't have they have a gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. Of course, that's where we change the definitions in psychology. You know, I used to retrain psychologists and psychiatrists years ago when I was working in the counseling field and uh, who had become Christians and believers. And the interesting thing is, is that, you know, of course, back then we considered the gender dysphoria and so on to be actual psychological issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they are, you know, when you have an identity crisis, we should be treating people and helping them. And of course, you know, there are people who say we're haters for saying these kinds of things. No, we love people and we want them to be able to resolve it. And we should be loving those people with these problems. Right. But we're not helping them by validating them in unreality. It's a lie. Because I'm going, this person, it doesn't matter if you go get this done or not. You have not fixed your problem. No. You're still hurting. Yeah. Well, and you look at your DNA, you're still either male or female. Exactly. You're still in the pain that caused you to do that. That doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and, well, nobody wants to talk about how high the percentage of suicide is among oh, that group of people, it's transgender unreal. people. It's so high mm-hmm. that the media literally smothers that data. Yeah, it's yep. over 50%. It, I read it. Yeah, I know. And, and it's like 15 to 30% want to go back to their old gender. Yeah, yeah but they and, were. Yeah, and here's the problem. Here are some people I mean, they that are really, really hurting, mm-hmm. and the culture is actually victimizing them by oh, the way we're yeah. approaching it. Yes. And yet, if we try to speak the truth that could help them and set them free, mm-hmm. oh no, we're we're the, we're the victimizers. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. this is why this is the the kind of topic you know uh, that why I want to do a show on calling good evil. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what our society seems to be doing with everything right now. Oh yeah, and it's taking people everything. who are already confused and making it worse. Well, for them. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, this is what the Bible calls reprobation. The word reprobate means to literally upside down, backwards, inside out. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's calling good evil. It's calling putting darkness for light, putting bitter for sweet. And that's what reprobation is, where Mm -hmm. you just reverse everything. Mm -hmm. So what used to be considered good, wholesome, and wonderful is now mocked and ridiculed. Mm -hmm. And what used to be considered just insane and evil and wicked is now celebrated. Yeah. And and the question is, is how much further can you go? No, we can't go any further right. because we're already down to the place. The only thing next we can start celebrating is mass murder and all that kind of stuff because yeah. we've already gone to the point we've celebrating everything else so we thought was wicked. It's funny you bring that up because the number of people in the social media realm that have called for the assassination of Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are doing that. Yeah. There are thousands of people that want to see this young man dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even we- though he went through our justice system, was found not guilty, they want him dead. Yeah. And Mob the, rules. And the problem is that there was nothing racist about it because there wasn't even different races involved. Right. Yeah, it was white on white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was white on white crime. <laughs> and yet, you know, they're, they're trying to make everybody think this is a racist thing because they call everything racism. But the but the point is is now we're trying to hijack the justice system, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, with mob rule, yep. and when we go there, society has imploded. Oh no, there's well, people in California. I saw a couple people before they got to take this down. They were they they were willing to offer money for somebody to go up to him and shoot him. And that is California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we call them Cancerfornians from Idaho. <laughs> they don't even care about the justice system. No, they just want him dead. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, I have become God. What I want should prevail. And I don't care what the justice system or what anything else does or what right and wrong is anymore. Everything is as I see it. Mm-hmm. And my perspective is all that matters. So if I hate you, you should be dead. Yeah. You know, but yeah. the thing that I don't get is, is they don't understand that there's a, a 300 million people in this country that could all have differing opinions of that exact same thing. 50 million of them might think that you need to die. Yeah. Yeah. Do they get their way too? Yeah. And and so, well, they don't think that <laughs> that's deeply. That's what you call anarchy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't think that <laughs> deeply because, and that's exactly where it ends up. It ends up as anarchy. Oh, mm-hmm. It's you lawlessness. Know? See, that's the difference between the American Revolution and the French Revolution. Aha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. See, the French were based in humanism. Man is going to become God. They threw mm-hmm. the church out. They threw all order out and, yep. it, and it ended in a bloodbath oh, yeah. of yeah. unimaginable you know chaos and ended ultimately in of course in the dictatorship of napoleon and the bloodbath that followed with napoleon and that's exactly where we're headed because we're canceling the american revolution which was based on doing it by godly principles mm-hmm. and now we're ca- trying to create a kind of marxist almost french type revolution mm-hmm. and that's going to end up in anarchy and a bloodbath well, yeah. they're doing everything they can to get rid of the founding fathers oh yeah well they've they've they're vilified renaming schools now of our founding fathers oh and... they vilify them and and the point is is that you know even for example take the issue of slavery even some of our founding fathers like jefferson and washington who owned slave and what they don't what they don't tell you is that every nation in the world almost was involved in slavery to yeah, some degree at that time. Because the slavery, I mean, back to the Roman Empire and into Egypt, mm-hmm. slavery was the norm. The mm-hmm. world had never known it. In fact, the first place in the world where slavery was uh, prohibited by a state declaration, the first state to prohibit slavery in all the history of the world mm-hmm. was in the America. It was in the yeah. state of Vermont. Yeah. Right after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, all of those who signed it went home to form state uh, uh, civil governments because they didn't have any government anymore because they were no longer under, Brit- under British rule. Right. And they had not yet formed, of course, a united government. And the Constitution wasn't written yet. That wouldn't uh-huh. happen until after the war. And Vermont, when they formed their Constitution, outlawed slavery. It was the first time in the history of the world it ever been done. You won't hear that on social media. Mm-hmm. No. But, but the point Not is, that, you know, we're Americans. We're supposedly the ones who promoted it. The truth is we're the first place it was ever outlawed, actually. Yeah. Now, the British Empire would be the first to take the biggest steps, you know, in outlawing it uh-huh. due to Wilberforce. And, and, that's, and so, what, that's what we were taught in school yeah. is that the British were the first because they did it as as an empire. But see, the founding fathers, most of them... I would have a hard wh- time believing that too because I think that this actually goes back and you can go back into the Persians and they did the same thing the Brits did. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And But the, the founding fathers, uh, most of them wanted slavery banned and at the Constitutional Congress... Two states said, we will, we won't come in and we will sabotage this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so they, they caved in and made compromises with them saying, okay, you can continue to import slaves. I think it was for 20 years. Then after that, you can't, but then, you know, you can continue slavery in the states that still have slavery, but you can't, you know, and so on. And they shouldn't have done that. And mm-hmm. they said, we can revisit it later. Well, we did, 100 years later. Yep. And we had the Civil War, the bloodiest war America's ever had, yep. where Americans fought Americans. And that was because we didn't do the right thing up front. If those uh, 11 states 
had went ahead and formed the Constitution, mm -hmm. those other two states, within a matter of a couple of years, would have been begging to get in right. mm -hmm. because of the economic power and because of the also the protection oh, yeah, that was afforded by it. Yeah. They would have been begging to get in. And mm -hmm. what no one wants to acknowledge today is that at the Civil War, we paid for that that mistake, that spiritual mistake. We yes. paid for it with blood. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. With so much blood, it was worse than any other war since then that Americans have fought in. Yes. More Americans died in the Civil War than any other war, even World War II. And wow, it was an atrocious amazing. war. The yeah. the tactics used, the the people that were injured, like, you know, oh, the, the maiming of people. I mean, it brutal. was it was so right, brutal. brutal. And we paid for that mm -hmm. with blood. And yet they want to invalidate that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you can't have the victims. Yeah. And victimology is a religion also. Mm -hmm. Right. People are righteous in their victimhood. Yep. Yeah. And they can't most of them that want to claim victimhood can't even explain to you how they've been victimized. Yeah. Right. Well, right. in cultural Marxism, they is actually taught that the more victimized you are, the more right you have to speak. Mm -hmm. And the less victimized you are, in other words, you're more likely a, a an oppressor. You have no right to speak whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. And you, so if you can get intersectionality of victimization, oh, then you have all kinds of rights to speak, you know. Mm -hmm. So and many of those people, it's just made up victimhood. They, you know, they've been taken care of by the state all their life. And, you know, mm -hmm. nobody's really ever oppressed them. And uh, right. the, tr the truth is, is that they've been oppressed by the system that takes care of them instead of telling them. In their own choices. Yeah, yeah. in their yep. own choices, instead of equipping them so that they can truly succeed in life. And mm -hmm. so we don't, we have that argument, right? We've had that argument for years on, on what that, why that actually is. Mm -hmm. But now you've got multi-million dollar athletes mm. who are claiming victimhood saying that, that they're is. slaves when they're making millions of dollars a year playing yeah. for things like the NFL. Yeah, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people in the world love to be victims in that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that Kaepernick could actually say that he was, he felt like a slave on draft day. It's so insane. Are you crazy? <laughs> you're, you're in the one percentile of the nation in the uh, economic yeah, realms. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's a lot of people that will believe that, though, with, with what he said. Well, he's know? got influence, yeah, and he's, he's got, got the backing of companies like Nike. Oh, yeah. And you got to wonder, what is the motivation to say some things like those? Yeah. Well, It's got to be a spiritual thing. Yeah, it it's is. It's got to be. It's insanity is what it is. And mm -hmm. we as Christians have got to get back on to our positive message, and that is this, and it comes from Scripture. Mm -hmm. We believe in only one race, the human race, mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what color your skin, red, yellow, black, white, purple, green, I don't care what it we're is. We're all precious in his sight. <laughs> we're all precious in his sight, <laughs> and we're all God's children, and God loves us all equally, and we all are of equal value in God's eyes, and Christ died for all of us, and we need to stop this nonsense of dividing the human race by Absolutely. all the because it, it's the racist who mm -hmm. are screaming racism mm -hmm. and dividing everybody right. because that's all they think about is dividing people and their prejudice against everybody who doesn't agree with them and so they're the true racist in the world. Well, and it's just it's just like the gender confusion and the the LGBTQ movement, all this stuff. They the world would make you believe that Christians are haters towards these people, mm -hmm. and true Christians don't hate these no, people. No, they they love I them. Mourn reach out for to their them. pain, yeah, because they're in pain. Most of them, mm -hmm. right? And and so I mourn for their pain, but I don't hate them by any means. No, and and what they fail to recognize is that there are more Christians in the world that are not white. 
Yes. Based well, on, it, based it, on it, population it, of the world again, and percentages. You're not allowed to say those things in America. How yeah. dare you? I mean, the like, censors are going to come in and shut you up in you a minute. You cracker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you Flipping know? Flipping tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, it is. The, the most Christian continent on the face of the earth is what was once called the dark continent, Africa. Mm-hmm. And, yep. uh, and yes, the most Christians in the world are not, uh, you know, Anglos. And by the way, yeah, they yeah. know how to be persecuted because yes, and they know how can, to stand. You will possibly die for your belief there. Yeah, in many of those countries, you will. Yeah. China, India. We, we still mm-hmm. are so soft in our belief here in America because persecution here is nothing. I mean, yeah. somebody might say something nasty to you. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we're, we're of course we've been made so uh, <clears throat> sensitive that, yes. that of course we suffer so terribly oh when goodness. they when they you know make us uncomfortable <laughs> that we need comfort zones and all kinds oh of things goodness. you know so, <laughs> safety zones yeah. and so on oh so which is ridiculous you know but nonetheless that's why we can't have civil discussions and actually discuss ideas and and actually disagree with each other and learn something. Because after all, you got to follow the, you know, the cultural. Which is why I think it's so important that Mm -hmm. we work towards creating our own culture. Yeah. So I have a question. So how, how impactful do you think having faith in Christ and and being a follower of Christ is to clarity of mind of what's going on around us in the world? Well, it should be very impactful, but I'll have to, if you want me to address it from a practical point of view, uh, it isn't being as impactful as it should be. And that's because, unfortunately, instead of Christians evangelizing the world, the world's evangelizing most people who claim to be Christ followers. They are more like the world than they are like Christ. Mm-hmm. They know more about mass media than they know about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a. They are plugged more into the secular worldview than they are into the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview. And so if we truly were living what we say we believe, we would have a massive impact. And that would happen because we would create communities of faith where people love each other, Mm -hmm. support each other. That's our greatest evangelistic tool. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus Mm -hmm. said, my number one, my new great commandment for you is divinely love one another. And if we do that, then that becomes our greatest evangelistic tool because the world is looking for that. They've lost community. And then if we then out of that love also love the world and Mm -hmm. keep sharing the good news with them and our lives back it up, they'll start listening. And so we should have an incredible impact. We are the ones who created all the universities. We're the ones who created all the hospitals. We're the ones who created all the orphanages. And they've all been taken over and dumbed down to something different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the atheists didn't create any of these things. No. And so, yes, and we and Christians have got to get back to saying we can change the world like that again. Yeah. Well, well to, this brings me back to a question that I've asked several times over our, our you know, the last six months of our podcast. And that's... Um, because I think part of what J.D. was asking wasn't just um, how much does God give us impact, but how much does um, God impact us mm-hmm. um, in our minds. And that got me thinking about what you've taught on, you know, the rationality of, you know, the Spirit of God right. and how he um, builds up our minds and removes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the things that that blind us and confuse mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um but it brings me back to my question: Is is it a sign, or a or a a sign of lack of fruit? You know, because you will, Christ said, you will know them by their fruit. Um, that people may 
in America may not actually be Christian, even though they claim to be Christian, because so many people identify as Christian because it's been the cultural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is that something that... There's a danger of that, and the Bible speaks about it, and the real danger is this, when you have misdefined what it means to be a Christian, dumbed it down, and a lot of people can actually seriously think they're Christians because they once made a profession of faith, and they shook the preacher's hand, and they got you know, dunked in a tank, and they think that makes me a believer, though they're living like the devil with no changed life. Yeah. And the truth is, if you don't have the fruit, then it didn't take. You you were stillborn, mm-hmm. you know, because right. if you're a real Christian, you live it, and if you're not living it, you're not a real Christian. Yep. And so the point here is that we've got to get back to understanding what does it mean to truly be a Christian in this culture, and and that's only going to happen when Christians start really living it in front right. of people, no right. matter what it costs us to do. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I know and, that but, sometimes I'm sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I, I know that sometimes we um, we are divided on some of the things that we and and Paul clearly tells us, you know, don't let these division, you know, these yeah. things divide us. Don't judge each other. Uh, you know, on we, we have different opinions mm-hmm. based on different amounts mm-hmm. of information, mm-hmm. um, but it like. Is it safe to say, or is it, I mean, it's probably a dangerous road to walk down, you know, because we don't want to go down the road of erroneous judgment. Right. Um, But would we expect that if someone is, you know, communing with God and and getting closer to God, that in these times, he would be restoring their mind and and opening their eyes to the lies in society um, so that they don't believe the delusion that's going on. Well, we would hope so, but we have to remember that there's no way for us to know what's going truly on inside of a person's heart mm-hmm. and mind, because God judges us at the point of the will, not just at the point of our knowledge. A lot of people are going to get to heaven and find that a whole lot of what they thought was wrong, mm-hmm. and yet they love Jesus and their will was surrendered to him. So we need to be careful because only God can judge where people are there. But we do, for example, as a pastor, what a lot of people don't understand is I am told by Jesus to be a fruit examiner. That's one of my responsibilities, to rebuke, to encourage, also to teach, to warn. Uh, Some of those things I don't like to do, but that's one of my responsibilities. But to do that, I have to look at the fruit of people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I always say when I'm trying having to do that, if I feel like I have to rebuke or warn are correct, I always say, if I have perceived correctly, this needs to change, or this is not right, and you need to repent of this, or whatever. And and there have been times I've had to be corrected, and I was, no, I hadn't perceived it correctly. Right. I needed more information. But then there's other times, yes, I had perceived it correctly, mm-hmm. and that person needed to be called to repentance. Right. So, yes, but we have to be very careful because we don't always know the other person's heart. No, I mm-hmm. get that. But I guess my question is, is like, if you said that it's a matter of um, the will being surrendered, right? right? And if someone's will is surrendered to God, is it God directing them to, like, say someone goes out and is promoting um, cultural Marxism and this racist divide and, you know, is totally, like, on bringing down America's uh, mm-hmm. foundations, is it God's will for them to be doing that? Well, the question there is this. Could a person truly believe that that was the right way to bring like justice. There are people, for example, that are Christians that are big into social justice. Mm. The truth is social justice isn't biblical justice. Mm -hmm. that They don't match up at all. Mm -hmm. They're totally opposite in almost every respect. But there are young 
kids raised in the present culture, raised in the universities, and taught about all this stuff who really want to follow Jesus but believe that this is the way to fix the culture. They're wrong. They're dead wrong, I believe, and I believe that they need help. But if they truly will follow Jesus, I'm hope we would hope that at some point they would start the Bible, if they stay close to the Scriptures, it'll start mm-hmm. correcting some of that thinking. Mm-hmm. But it, right. that the Bible doesn't say that all of us are going to get our all of our thinking straightened out before right. we get to heaven, which I, is not. <laughs> and all I was getting no. at is that God would, but, at some point, you know, he would bring we'd clarity hope start back moving to mind. In the right he direction. would bring rational thinking, you know, and back to the some mind. Thoughts along the lines of what you're talking about, because there's obviously people that can see the lies and deception in the world around them right now that are just continuous every day, and then there seem to be people that really can't see that their lies. Yeah. So my, my thought was, and, and then maybe I'm not right, but my thought was, is for the people that I know, at least in my life that I see aren't being fooled. I, I look at these people's lives and kind of like you do. And I go, okay, I can tell this person. And I know these people are walking with God and, and they truly love God and they're trusting God and their eyes are open. And then so my thought is, is maybe that's the key is that relationship when it's right, Mm -hmm. you can't be fooled by the world. Well, you have every opportunity to get to start thinking right when your heart is truly right toward God, because God is going to teach us. In fact, one of the things the Mm -hmm. Bible tells us that we're to get the mind of Christ and the Mm -hmm. mind of Christ covers the gamut of life. It covers everything. And we got to think correctly. Right. But we still have to be careful because, you know. I, for example, the thief on the cross, I doubt he got all of his wrong thinking corrected, but he got saved because he, turned, he turned his will to right, Christ. But it's about yeah. the heart, and it's about that surrender. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. right? And, and it's all, everything, and as we say here every week, it seems like, it's always about the heart. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only thing that God cares about, and, is getting your heart right. And remember that in the heart, according to the Bible, the Hebrew biblical understanding of human nature... There is the will, the intellect, the emotions, mm-hmm. which produce the desires, attitudes, and motives, and imaginations right. of the of the heart. And so all of that is included, and the will is the key yes. that you have to surrender. Mm-hmm. You can get converted emotionally and not be a true Christian. Mm-hmm. You can be converted intellectually and not be a true Christian. A person can believe that Jesus is the Messiah and still say, I will not surrender my life to him. Right. It, it's not till you surrender your will to God mm-hmm. that you truly are a believer. Uh-huh. Yeah, and as I've been telling people most recently, even though you submit your will to God, doesn't mean that you don't still fall down occasionally. Oh, of course right. not. Mm-hmm. You still got to get back up, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, your will says, "I will get back up," and mm-hmm. a true believer will get back up because they want to please the Lord. And right. yes, we some people stumble out of ignorance, some people stumble out of weakness. The mm-hmm. point is, if they truly love the Lord, they're going to get back up and say, "Lord, forgive me." And help, and, and help they should, and they should have accountability with brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in the body of Christ to say, okay, I, I need some accountability here because if if I keep repeating this, this needs to, I need to conquer this because there yep. is grace to conquer this. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I did want to clarify what you know to the to the point that you made there that you know even though even though God may have opened people's eyes, like they that doesn't make them perfect. No. you know we, no. we we get things wrong sometimes, all the time, absolutely, you know? all the and, time, and. And I, and I do, you know, recognize like that in the end times here, you know, that 
you know, because I was re- I was referring more to the Great Delusion. You right. know, you're talking um, about Second uh, Second Thessalonians right. chapter two. Right. And so, yeah. and I do recognize mm-hmm. that even the Bible left room for people who might have been ignorant, like mm-hmm. the the passage of "Come out of her, my people." Right. Yeah. You know, like there that there is a point in time where there will be an ultimate decision for some of these people. Yes. Right. You know, and I believe there will be a line of demarcation uh, that will come even in the world as we if we are moving in truly the the end of the age because mm-hmm. uh, we do know there is going to be a time of the great delusion yeah. and and we are told that the people who will be subjected to that powerful delusion that God will send is because they refuse to love the truth yeah. and what right. we have right now is a culture of people who refuse to love the truth right. mm-hmm. and so be saved mm-hmm. and the result is that, that now they're open to believe the lie which is the original lie of Satan in the garden that you can be God yourself you can decide for yourself what's right and wrong you can decide what's good and evil you can throw you know mm-hmm. yeah. God, God and, and morality out the window and make up your own rules and that lie is believed Across yeah. the world now in cultures everywhere. That harvest is uh, pretty ripe for yeah, that, yeah. That, that delusion. Yeah, that delusion yeah. is pretty much on us. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, as Daniel said, truth shall be cast to the ground. Yeah. We're seeing that happen. Yeah, we are. But as I see it, the darker the world gets, the uglier it gets, the harder that these decisions become to make and the more oppressive it gets. We just need to love more. Yes. Mm-hmm. We One, we, you're exactly right. We need to get our house in order and begin to love each other. Regardless yes. if we're what what we call what what the name is on our little church steeple out there. That's right. You know, <laughs> I don't care what what denomination you think you are. We still got to come together as the body of Christ and love each yeah. other. And the wonderful thing about Christ followers, you know, I have spoken all over the world, and I have spoken in every kind of denomination you can think of, and I have you know I have taught pastors from every denomination, and I can tell you that when people who truly love Jesus get together, they don't care what the name is. Yeah. And we mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. transcend our doctrinal differences many times. And yes, sometimes we had those discussions, and yes, hopefully somebody's doctrine got corrected. But the <laughs> point is, if they really love Jesus, they were open to that. Mm-hmm. You know, even right. though they may have been totally before, you know, just cemented to something, they're at least open because they're, they want to please Jesus. They love him. And there is a unity. There is a commonality. And, uh, I, I remember in this, and I remember this shocked me, uh, many years ago, I was speaking on the Western slopes of Colorado mm. and there was a, a lady that came to see us and speak. And she was a friend of a friend that was traveling with us. And, uh, he, uh, uh, she was not truly of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. She was uh, part of the Latter-day Saints. And however, she had been exposed a lot to Christian teaching. And this woman had come to really fall in love with Jesus. But she, because of her family and all the relationships, she had stayed in there. I was shocked how deeply this woman loved Jesus. In spite of what she was taught, mm-hmm. she loved Jesus. Now, I, and I, I came to believe that there are people often that are Christ followers, not because of what they're taught, but in spite of what they're taught sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. Absolutely. because they, Jesus gets through, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. there's enough gospel there that they connect with him. Mm-hmm. Others though, you know, follow all the false teachings and, you know, the things that are not, not true Christianity. But the point is, is that I found myself 
shocked that I had this unity with this woman mm-hmm. who called herself something that really I didn't consider a Christian, but I discovered she was a true believer and she truly loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and we had unity right away because her spirit was one with my spirit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, this world needs Christian unity. We yeah. it is in desperate need of the light. Going yes. out and preaching the good news to everyone. Mark. True Christian right, unity. Not, Absolutely. Not mm-hmm. the false ecumenicism that some of these churches promote. Mm-hmm. I think that's all the time we have for today. We, we've, we've gone our hour. Well. That, was, that seemed quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and we, t- we barely touched on the world's issues. I know. Well, <laughs> I want to do a whole show just on the metaverse. We really got to talk about that. Cause that's, oh, that's, that's such a ter- dangerous that precept. That's so terrifying. Yeah. So that's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I want to thank you guys for uh, for coming and talking today. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for thank sitting in with us. Uh, yeah. Really enjoyed this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast. And today on A Voice Coming in the Wilderness, we've been talking with Pastor Gary Durham and Grant and Brian about current events and uh, how we can take a biblical view on the world around us and and what the real solutions are to this. And, and as we said, we really need to come together in love and we need to be, as the body of Christ, the shining light in the world. And if we can do that, then we can push back these annals of darkness. And so if you would, please take a moment, subscribe to our podcast, and don't forget to visit our website at vrproadcast.org where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also find us on Facebook at A Voice Coming in the Wilderness. And do us a favor, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day. Thank you.